0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 69, Insert Joke here, of GigPod, the Glasgow's Green podcast. I'm Reidzo and on this episode I'm joined by Phone. How you doing mate? Hey, I've, I've
0: been better John, been better. Just had to sit through another... Uh... Another game in the league where we've dropped points, which we'll obviously come on to. Um, and I've also just been away from my, my second jag. So I've had better Sundays, to be honest, John. But um, at least I'm here chatting with yourself. That always always lifts me.
1: <laughs> Thank you, brother. But uh, yes, as you said, Celtic did once more drop points today. We drew one each. we Dundee United in a game that was full incident, let's say. So we'll just talk about that game now. If we look at the starting lineup. Uh, what did you think of that? I thought it was a bit strange that Juranovic was playing at left-back again, and we didn't play either Scales or Montgomery uh, at left-back, and we could have played Juranovic in his normal position, and again I was a bit surprised that he kept faith with the uh, midfield McCarthy, Tumble, Rogic, I know we've got injuries, but they really didn't play well at all at Livingston last week, what did you make of the team selection?
0: I, I was the same when I first saw uh, Juranovic at left back again. I think um, you know he pay whatever it was two and a half three million pounds for a Croatian international right back, and then put him out of his his natural position. So I, it's really strange why they're persisting with that at the moment. I get obviously Greg Taylor's injured. Bolly, I don't know what's what's happened with him. Obviously he started last week and he's not been seen since. But I I, I would have went with with. Um, scales or or Montgomery, I think, I had a Juranovic at left back and and then obviously he could shift him in as you say his more natural position. With the midfield three, I think it is really just a case of the the injuries and the, the real lack of depth that we had in there anyway, coming out of the, the transfer window, which is why I think he's he's persistent with that midfield three again. Um Sorrow obviously will come on to him, came on the, the second half and to be honest I, I thought he was pretty right, terrible the day. I, I don't think anyone would would disagree with that or, or say otherwise. But yeah, I think there was a couple of things in the team selection I was a, a bit surprised with. Juranovic, I think, was the big one. Um, and then I think everything else really is just down to this. Real lack of depth and, you know, what's, what's really bordering on a, an injury crisis for us now as well.
1: Yep, so to the game itself and we took the lead in the 16th minute and it was another goal this season for Lula Bada. I think it's his fifth of the season. It was great, great play by Jota. It was Celtic's best player today by a mile, he won a run down the wing, put on a great cross, and it was a fine header by Abada, He really took it well, and Abada played decently decent today, and Jota was excellent, we'll talk about that more later, but that really was a very good goal. Yeah, it was
0: It was great, um, as you say, great um, great play again from, from Jota, and once again, Lila Abada, who um, I think we keep kind of hearing about the fact that he is only 19 years old, and Maybe we shouldn't be so heavily reliant on him because, you know, wingers, particularly younger ones, are inconsistent at the best of times. But t- to be fair to him, took his goal really well. And I, I think, again, that does say a lot about the-, the position that we're in at the moment, that we are so heavily reliant on him. But no, I-, I think he took his goal really well. And as you say, great play from Jota again, who was by a mile man of the match today.
1: Aye, so there we were. One goal ahead, before maybe go on, have yet another home performance that we've had already in the league this season, Score a couple of goals. But no, two minutes later, we conceded an equaliser, and it was pretty poor defending. Ralston really could have done better. He stopped uh, Nis Cassin getting his cross in. And Ian Hawks, whose dad I remember played for Sheffield Wednesday, who's a decent player, he scored. The equaliser, it was a decent header, but the Celtic defence for just like statues. I mean, Starfield really could have done much better Joe Hart didn't have a chance, it was right in the top corner but Starfield and Ralston really could have done much better for that goal do you not know, think? Uh, definitely, um, as you say I think Hux
0: obviously scored last week in the Dundee Derby and to be fair did take his header really well I thought but uh, once again it is just a, a case of Celtic not defending well enough from, from cross balls um, Anthony ralston you say lets the, the ball come in far too easily and it was Starfield, wasn't it, that was, was beating the air again. So it's kinda of a growing concern that I think that, that we don't seem to be able to defend these cross balls, either stop them coming into the box in the first place or as you say, our new four or five million pounds centre half being able to get his head and end it. So really poor, particularly to lose it just after getting ahead in the game as well. But um, again, I think that says a lot about where we are at the moment and um the kind of Nature. of the goals we've been conceding in recent weeks as well
1: Yep, it was poor But with a chance to go ahead Literally right after kickoff, It was good play again By y- uh, Yota with a cross It ended up going to a badder. He laid it on a plate to a jetty Who was on the 6-yard box All he had to do was put it in the back of the net And he blazed it over the bar It really was terrible Then the next big instant Poor play again by our defence Let in uh, United and it looked as if Carter Vickers had fouled one of the United players in the box a body check but Kevin Clancy who had a dodgy game uh, for both teams I'd say he didn't give a penalty, It looked like one also to add to the chaos Juranovic took off injured, he'd done his hamstring Adam Montgomery came on and then the last incident in the first half David Tumble, who had a dodgy game had a brilliant shot off the bar uh, went to a jetty, but and he scored the rebound. But he was a judge to a fouled uh, United player. So a lot of incidents there. I think that it probably was apparently, but I think that a jetty's goal should probably have stood. Uh, where did you make uh, All that in a <laughs> first half that I thought would be relatively quiet and that they have loads of incidents. What do you make of the two big decisions there. The, what do you make it? A jetty mess. His goal being disallowed in the United penalty claim.
0: I think to be fair the the miss for a just kinda of summed up his uh, his afternoon, didn't it? It was um again another one that I think just had a an absolute shocker. You had obviously the, the two other forwards there and Jot Abada, who, to be honest, did play play pretty decent, obviously, um like not for the first goal and, and even throughout the rest of the afternoon they were really the, the most dangerous looking players in the team. But I think that miss did just sum up a game pretty much. Coming on to the penalty decision, I think the incident in isolation itself, the, the Carter Vickers challenge, it, it's probably a penalty. I think we were a bit, a bit lucky to get away with that. Clancy, as you say, was um, pretty dreadful this afternoon for both teams. Just a, a, a pretty pathetic performance from him all round. But, you know, probably worked in our favour in that um, that incident there. Although I think and I would need to, to see it again. But my kind of Feeling at the time was that there was maybe a foul on um, on Starfelt initially in the lead-up to it. But again, I'd probably need to see that one again there. But certainly certainly felt we, we got a bit lucky there. And then, as you say, Turnbull obviously had a great chance at the end of the half there. And once again, as, as we did several times throughout the afternoon, struck the bar. So yeah, it was a, a very eventful first half. It probably was one that, that we could have done a relatively quiet afternoon, particularly after going ahead and just knuckle down, get a few goals and, and win comfortably. But as we've seen in recent weeks, Wraith aside in the cup, which you know I think that, that was the expectation anyway, was that we'd win that game pretty comfortably. But in recent weeks, that game aside, that's, that's really just not been the case for us at the moment.
1: No, it wasn't. And so what in the second half? We had to make another change. I think it was injury-enforced again when James McCarthy went off. He had a bad challenge uh, by Fuchs, who I thought was excellent for United. The Fuchs put in a really bad challenge on him. It could have been a red, I'd say, borderline. He caught McCarthy in the knee. He got booked. McCarthy really wasn't comfortable after that. He didn't have a good game. He was replaced at halftime by Sorrow, who also didn't have a good game. But I thought the second half, was. All, we played a lot. We didn't play as well in the second half as we did in the first We weren't even that great in the first half. I mean... We didn't really create that many chances. We really only two of note, like really good chances. There was Tom Rogic; the ball cut back to him and he headed it off the bar. And then right at the end, Jota, who was our best player by a mile, eh, also hit the bar with a 12 and shot. United had a couple of chances. He had a really good chance at the end. There we we were, I think, three and two, a breakaway, but the guy took too long. He made his mind up and we ended up clearing it. And then the final whistle, there was a load of booze, and I'm not really surprised because... we just have a quick look at the league table as it stands. After seven games, Celtic are six in the league. (laughs) mid-table with 10 points from an available 21, that's less than 50% points. I mean, we're only six points behind Rangers, but it's not really good enough for a team like Celtic to be in sixth place at the moment. And it has to be said, the pressure is starting to grow on Ange and... Before we talk about what Anne's saying after the game, what did you make of this second half? We we did, a, again, create a couple of decent enough chances. and
0: As you say, we obviously hit the, the woodwork on a couple of occasions as well. A Jetty I think, had a header at one point as well, didn't he? They went wide, but t- to be fair, it was actually quite a difficult one to take, so I don't want to be too harsh on them there. There was, I think, just the same as Livingston the other week. I think there was far too many players who had poor to average games. At the moment, we really can't... Um, can't afford to have passengers in the teams or players not playing at top level. So um, I think ultimately that that is what it cost us. Just all round, it wasn't a good enough, good enough team performance. And As we said, obviously we had a couple of opportunities where we did hit the woodwork. There was one or two decent chances that we did manage to carve out. But ultimately we just... I felt as though when I was watching it, even though we hit the woodwork, I think three or four times in the game, I, I just felt as in as if in that second half we were just never scoring we could have played for another hour and I, I don't think we'd have, we'd have broke through and got that winning goal
1: no I mean even though we did hit the bar three times I really couldn't say we were unlucky because I just don't think we played that well the midfield really is hugely problematic you now well just no functioning without McGregor everybody's talking about Kyogo being missing and rightfully so because like, when he was fit he was brilliant and when he was playing well we were playing well but Mcgregor's just a massive miss, and like he was the the sort of defensive anchor, in a way. Even though I don't really think Ange likes playing defensive midfielders, but the the current midfielder now, whether McCarthy or Sorrow and Rogic and Tumble, just isn't working at all. And I, I, I even I would even think about bringing Beaton back, in. that's how that's how dodgy is are now. And, and midfield Beaton's hardly played in midfield at all for years. He's mostly been a centre-back, as you know, but I think that's a real problem. There's always going to be a problem up front because uh, the Greek guys, Gigi's injury and Kyogo being out and Winoa Jetty isn't on their level, isn't on Kyogo's level anyway, but midfield really isn't functioning at all. In fact, the only the only area of the team that's used with now is the wingers. Everywhere else is, like, struggling badly and that really has to get sorted soon enough I mean I know there's only six points in it but the optics aren't good well, that's another game before a win we're really playing poorly in the league and I really think Ange has to think about making changes in the side but we've got that many injuries Juranovic's had today McCarthy as well do you think Ange will make changes for Leverkusen and Aberdeen?
0: Well my, my thought really on that is I, I don't know how you but... would bring in at the moment. But you're you're right in saying I think the midfield at the moment really is is one of the one of if not the big problem area because there's just no balance to it without McGregor in there. You've got Roggage and Turnbull who are maybe playing a bit further forward and be the creative players in there but they're not getting enough from either McCarthy or or Sorrow behind them at the moment. So it's 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 an area where we're really struggling, obviously as you've said as well. Um well ridiculously short up front. I think that was one of the big um I don't know, I, I saw kinda of a few people suggesting that maybe he did just take a jetty after the day because he was obviously having a poor game and maybe throw on Moffat. Jota, obviously in and um on Thursday against Wraith. Wraith Rovers finished the game playing as a false nine, but I I don't know if that's maybe something you look to do at the moment. But certainly he's got to try and get the balance right in midfield. We'll see, because again, we've had McCarthy and Juranovic both go off today, whether either of them will be fit for Thursday as well, but it's it's just the squad's so, so depleted at the moment, and I get that there's been criticism of Ange and I think when you're not picking up points domestically, particularly in, in games like today at home, Livingston, obviously, it's kind of an outlier with it being the only plastic pitch in the league, albeit I'm not trying to make excuses but I, I just don't know what changes he can really make at the moment unless it's perhaps a change to the system but I I don't think that's how Ange
1: operates I. so we better talk a bit about the manager, I think he's uh, under a bit of pressure, we'll have a look at what he said after the game thanks to our old mate John McGinley who's got this quote, we're disappointed with the outcome obviously but in terms of our, our approach to the game and the way we played, the manner in which we took the game to them, I think it's exactly what our supporters want to see. Uh, I'm not really sure about that. I mean, I think what the supporters want to see is wins. Now, I mean, I was really, I had like, I thought the appointment Ange was a gamble, but like, as I, so I went to the first couple of games a season at home, I mean, we we improved after that Hibs, that Hearts performance. I thought we were slightly unlucky to lose at Ibrooks. I mean, that game can go either way but I was really taken aback by how poor we were against Livingston, I just didn't expect that at all, Like even the way we played like endlessly putting long balls and crosses into the box, I said that when I was on the podcast last week, that was the first time I really had doubts that Ange is going to be the man for us and unfortunately those doubts are continuing uh, today, I mean I know we all like him we want to give him time and the injuries are just chronic. I mean, it must be the worst injury case we've had in, in years, but Celtic should still be good enough to beat Livingston away and Dungeon United at home. I mean, I know as you say, Livingston have got a plastic pitch and well record there's dodgy and I know Dungeon United beat Rangers earlier this season, but with this the players Celtic have got and the money we've spent, we still should be doing better. I mean being six in the table at any time of the season isn't acceptable for Celtic and even more so when we're in Septem- September and <laughs> we've got these away games coming up next month Aberdeen, eh, Motherwell and Hibs, and I've got no confidence at all that we're going to take 9 points out of 9, uh, maybe we'll get maybe 6 or 7 if Kyogo and McGregor are back but I think the manager is under pressure and I, I don't think the fans have turned on them or anything but I think there's obviously mumberings of discontent with the results and I can't see he's winning on Thursday, I think that'll be a very tough game later because they're a good team but I think if we don't beat Aberdeen, then there will be, I don't know, maybe calls for the manager to go, and I think that's probably a bit unfair, but in a way, it'd be understandable because when you look at this season, how the winners of the the 99% of the chance really is that the winners of the title are going to get in the Champions League, only if the winners of the Champions League aren't qualified automatically for the Champions League, would that not happen? So, there's a huge prize at the end of this season, and... I mean, we're, only, we're still only six points behind. I know that's nowhere near good enough, but we can't let that gap increase. I mean, if it goes to nine next week, for example, which, God willing, it won't, I think that'd already be a bridge too far and it'd only be October. What do you think in the manager's future? Do you think he's under pressure yet? I mean, you're always going to be under pressure
0: Celtic manager, in particular when you're not winning games of football, Domestically as well against, as you say, the kind of calibre opponent we've faced the last few weeks. No disrespect to Dundee United or Livingston. But, you know, even with the depleted squad and a few key players out, ultimately we should still have enough in terms of resources and and the players that we've got to to win those games. So for sure, there's definitely, as you say, murmurings. I think people are growing frustrated. I think it's too soon for the chat about. If, if we don't win up at Putaudry, the manager, there'll be calls for him to, to go or anything. I mean, there might well be because people are incredibly reactionary, I suppose, in, in this support and, to be honest, in, in most supports. But I, I, I get, as I say, criticism of the manager is perfectly valid. I'm not for one second suggesting that a guy who's been a manager for 20 plus years should be immune to criticism. I, I just think the bottom line is at the moment we've got this injury crisis ongoing at the moment we've also got obviously a, a depleted squad which we've covered and i think every other fan is, is aware of this the fact that that transfer window as much as the club kept saying we brought in 10 11 players whatever it was it, it was nowhere near good enough and, and we all knew that we were a, a Kyogo or a mcgregor injury away from from a crisis and Typical of us, obviously. They both go away in international duty and pick up Knox shortly after that. So it's a difficult one because it's really difficult circumstances and it is a, a tough, tough position he's in at the moment. As I say, I think criticism for not putting away the likes of Livingston and the United totally valid. But I, I still think it's a bit soon, a bit more time needs to be given before we, we start talking about if he has a long-term future at the club beyond you know the next couple of months. I, I, I still think it's a bit too... A bit too early for that. If results don't pick up over the next you know month or so heading in October, then I, you know I'm sure it will come up as a point of conversation. Particularly if Kyogo and McGregor are back and we're still struggling, but I, at the moment I just think it's such a difficult position we're in. As I say, criticism for the last couple of results in, in the league is perfectly valid, but I, I just think that. It is just such a, a, a difficult position that he's in at the moment, the manager.
1: I think that he does have to start getting results on the road, especially, and, and maybe now at home after today. But I, I like we've no we've, we've talked about it before. We've no won a game on the road in the league uh, since February, and that isn't good enough. In fact, I think he's only and only won one away game since he took over uh, the game against Jablonik. We've lost, or, uh, yeah, we've lost or the other ones. Do I don't think we've drawn one yet? But no, I mean, as you say, it probably is early, but I don't know, man. It's, I just don't think people will react well if we go to Petodre and lose. I mean, this is a—I know we're saying this is a bad Celtic team though Well, actually, it's not. It's probably better than some of its parts, and we're not showing that. But I mean, that's a bad Aberdeen team. I think they've no one in eight games. They, you beat today off St. Mirren 3-2. Scott Brown scored, bizarrely enough, but I don't think he knew much about it. But no, I'm just slightly concerned that, I think Brown will be wound up like crazy for that game. He'll be wanting to prove a point and say that like, we're rotten to get rid of him. and we can see how poor the midfielders are now. Maybe we were, which I kind of believe I thought I'd say because Brown was poor last season, but he probably could still do a job for us. And I know we're focusing a lot on the Aberdeen game, but that's because I think it's more important than uh, Leverkusen on Thursday. And I know that's really not what we want, that domestic football is more important than the the Europa League qualifier but the Europa League group stage game but I think it is I mean I would hope that we perform well against Leverkusen but I'd be shocked if we get a result and I think we'll probably play our strongest team available so that probably means a J up front again I doubt that Kyogo will be back for that and obviously I want to do well in Europe but I think next Sunday's is far bigger I think next next Sunday's the defining game of the season one way or another either will finally get that first win away from home in the league and that could give the team plenty of conference. Then there's a, a break for the Champions League and maybe, or for the international games and maybe Ange and the rest of the guys can have a think about things. But I think if we lose that game or even draw to, against Aberdeen, uh, I just think there'll genuinely be real unhappiness and frustration. You can see it a bit today, but I think it'll be a, a lot bigger if we don't beat Aberdeen. I think it's a huge game and much bigger than Thursday. and It's a pity that's the way it is, but that's what I think. Do you agree with that? I think under any circumstances
0: going to Petogria is a, a massive game. But you're you're right in saying, particularly without away form, Aberdeen's recent form as well. it's a must win for both teams and it's as much as I was saying there, obviously, that um I think it is a bit early to start talking about, you know, Ange getting the sack or whatever, but but Stephen Glass as well. Aberdeen's a guy who's definitely under pressure at the moment and dealing with a fair bit of discontent, I think, after their recent run of of results. So, it's a massive game for both teams. Thursday, I think even with McGregor back, I think even if K.O. was going to be fit, I I still think the Leverkusen's probably a step too far at this point in time, because they are a a really good side. So, I I think even if McGregor's back on Thursday, which, you know, who knows if he will be the club and, and Every time there's a presser, it seems to be uh, he's two or three days away, or he'll be back next week. And I, I don't think anyone really knows what the situation there is, is at the moment. But I, I think even with him back in, in the side and deciding on Thursday, it will still be a step too far the, the Leverkusen game in terms of getting a a result there. I think if we can have a decent level of performance, then fair enough. But the the real important game in the next next week or so is that trip to Pitt-Audrey. Obviously, we've had a pretty decent record there over a period of or a number of years now. Um albeit we failed to win there on two attempts last season, didn't we? But um yeah, I mean it's it's a massive, massive game on, on Sunday. And in terms of staying within sort of touching distance of to the top of the table now as well, we we really need three points and really need to put this um, awful run of away form that we've had so far this season
1: to bed <laughs> it's amazing that we are already say we need to stay in touch at the top of the league but <laughs> we're all in September unbelievable stuff but uh, look, that's just what's happening to sell to the Celtic now I mean I think we all thought it was going to be a tough season but I don't know it was going to be this difficult in fact before we go we'll just talk a wee bit more about Carl McGregor he signed a five year contract uh, this week which I think is good news we've saw how important he is to the team and the games that he's missed once he's fat again, he'll be a key player, and I think it's only good news that he's committed the rest of his career at Celtic. Would you agree with that?
0: I'd, absolutely. I'd, I don't know. Is an MD that would disagree with that at the moment, particularly after seeing us in the last couple of weeks. Delighted, obviously, to to um, see that he'd signed that new deal, and I sort of thought to be fair in the summer at twenty eight when he'd been made the new club captain as well that he was in it for the the long haul. So, um, but it's it's good to have it obviously tied up, and as you say, a new five year deal takes him up to. Thirty-three. So you know he's only twenty-eight just now. So hopefully there's um, many more years ahead of McGregor at his peak. And as you say, you've seen in recent weeks just how pivotal he is to the team without actually having him there. So no, I was I was delighted with
1: it. Yep, he's been a great player for Celtic. He was part of the team that won uh, four trebles in a row, and he really is a big miss now. So and get fit soon, Callum. But so that's the end of this week's episode, uh, episode sixty-nine, and joke here of GigPod that should be the episode title Spunk Phone thanks very much for coming on mate thanks very much John sir pleasure as always cheers mate and you know what to get it by now. all the usual podcast platforms leave us five stars uh, give us good reviews tell us how great we are we'll be back after the Leverkusen game and after the Aberdeen game two big games this week hopefully Celtic do us proud and who knows maybe this time next week we'll be talking about Celtics finally winning an away game Rangers will have dropped points against Habs And Celtic are back in the hunt for the title, or maybe not. (laughs) Right, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll speak to you soon. And hail hail!